Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 15th day of March, 2018. We're here with our co-host Jay Basser, and today we have uh, speakers uh, James Cripps and Ray Cobb. Uh, I believe Ray will be along here directly. How you doing tonight, James? Doing pretty good, Gerald. Uh, we've got some beautiful weather down here today. Oh, we do I'm here kinda, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. kind of stove up with a sore foot. i got a wound on the bottom of my right foot that won't heal. It's been there since December the 19th. Oh, my. What's the doctor tell you about that? Is well, that, is that your neuropathy? Uh, that's due to neuropathy. Uh, yeah. It started, uh, I didn't realize there was a shoehorn in inside of my shoe, and I put my shoe on and walked on it eight hours, and that uh, unhealing wound is the result. Well, I remember you telling us about that. Boy, that's, and that's turned into this. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, I, you know, I went to the wound care clinic, and I went to the vascular surgeons, and I had all the tests done, and... I thought it was out of the woods until yesterday. I had to return to the wound care clinic. Um, evidently, uh, I've done something to it, but um, they tell me in one step I can injure it. So I've got orders now to go home, sit down, put my feet up, and don't get up unless my house is on fire. Oh, boy, that's hard on you, James. That's hard on you. I know that. Uh but uh, did they give you any special medication? I'm sure they did of some sort. Yeah, they've they've tried about three different things. Uh, you know, they they think it's a little bit better. I'm not so sure. Uh, they ordered me a power wheelchair. In fact, uh, the guy yeah. called guy called yesterday and said he had it on his truck. But I wasn't here. I was at the VA hospital. I kind of expected to get it today, but I guess it'll be tomorrow. Well, they—they—they're to me they're invaluable. They're—I'd be really in a mess if it wasn't for my power wheelchair. And uh, it takes a while to get used to them. I tell you that. But I'm uh, I'm interested in the medications because most people with this neuropathy they're they're going to go through this sooner or later probably 
uh, with their feet. I know I have a lot of trouble with mine. I baby them best I can, but I don't walk around on shoehorns. <laughs> I'm uh, glad you warned me about that. <laughs> I told my doctor, but while I put my shoes on that morning, and it felt like I, I wear heavy AFO braces, aluminum uh, AFO braces. My shoes are heavy, five pounds piece. Oh. Uh, I put my foot in my right shoe, and it felt like I had a, a wrinkle in my sock or something. So I pulled my foot back out, and I looked at my sock, and there was no wrinkle. So I put my foot back in the shoe, and they're Velcro. I just snapped the Velcro and hooked up the brace and went about my business for eight hours Ooh. and took them off that evening. Still didn't notice there was something in there, but when I went to put them back on the next morning, I did notice there there was a the long plastic shoe horn that they issue with the shoes was laying in the bottom of the shoe. Uh, oh my! But I didn't realize that that it had put the wound on my foot. You know, there's just no feeling there. So on the on December nineteenth, when I went for my podiatry appointment, where they trim calluses and cut toenails, the doctor found yeah. it. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad they did because they might be able to save that foot. I tell uh, you, with that neuropathy, there's no way of knowing. Either it's going to make it or it won't, I guess. Yeah, on uh, January the 2nd, I had a flight to Hawaii. Uh, Everything was already paid for. We had two weeks over there. Uh, so I went ahead and, and went to Hawaii. The foot was sore, but, you know, I didn't think it did that kind of damage to it. And I ran out of supplies over there. Uh, we were fixing to fly to the Big Island, so I stopped by the military hospital over there, the Pepto-Bismo, the big peak hospital. Yeah. And, uh, they resupplied me before we left for the Big Island. Uh, I, I think those people over there, they were awful nice. Uh, but I, I've learned that that trip has taught me I need to travel closer to home. No, I agree. Did you stay at the Halico with James? <laughs> I didn't hear you. you stay at the, did you stay at the Halico? I did. I stayed at the Halico uh, on the island of Oahu, and then when we flew over to the right. big island, we stayed at the Kilauea military camp right there above the volcano. Okay, what they I mean, was it? Was it a pretty reasonable rate in Halico? Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking uh, three or four years ago we paid ninety-eight dollars for a ocean view room, and I think this time uh, one hundred and thirty-nine dollars or something like that. Well, you well, can't be that no one in Hawaii. No, regular rooms in Hawaii cost you 300 bucks a night, girl. Well, next door at the, at the Hilton, right next door to the Halakoa, it was $539 a night. Ooh. Right. Yeah, oh, and the Halakoa is a nicer piece of property. In fact, the Halakoa is the nicest piece of property there is on Oahu Beach, period. I caught a. I caught a hammerhead right there one time. I was surf fishing right there behind it. Little hammerhead shark uh, pulled him in. Yeah, at uh, <laughs> Fort DeRussy's right there. Uh, mm-hmm. 
they have a, a fairly extensive, nice museum in Fort de Russian. They got a lot of good World War II stuff in there. Of course, you go there, you can still see the bullet holes from the attack on December 7, 1941, some buildings, especially in Pearl Harbor. Uh, they have stuff. a new thing there that they pick you up right there on the little boat dock behind the Halakoa and mm-hmm. take you out by boat to a submarine. And you can go board the submarine and go down and, and see some wrecked planes from that era down there. Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. That's a good deal. Yeah, you get back on board a sub, I guess. That'd be fun. But I was going to, I just wanted to interject that because I, I knew we're planning on a trip out there before long. And I, I'm glad you stayed there and take advantage of your benefits. You know, it's a good place to be. And, uh, oh, yeah. Gerald, uh, I, wanted plug in. I wanted to put a plug in uh, for a Social Security Disability Attorney up here in Lexington. His name is Paul Guthrie. And if you're a veteran and you, need, you want to file Social Security, of course they're going to deny you the first time anyways, regarding, you know, unless, you're, unless you're in a box. And uh, it takes a good attorney to get you Social Security. I've never seen such a well-written brief for what this man wrote here the other day. And uh, so look his name up. It's PaulGuthrie.com. And uh, if, you want, if, you, if you're anywhere near Lexington, Kentucky, you need a good Social Security attorney, you guys need to give this man a call. Well, that's a good deal to know, I tell you. Yes, it is. Because right, there's back a lot of veterans. Yeah, there, there's a lot of veterans have issues trying to collect on their Social Security, some of them. So that Paul Guthrie would be a good one to know in that area, or probably anywhere. Uh, but I did have to hire an attorney to get mine back when I got my Social Security disability. They turned me down twice, um, and, you know, it ended up costing me some of my back pay, but I'll never know had I not hired the attorney whether or not I would have ever got it. Well, they're, they're kind of like the VA to deal with. Uh, doggone it. Uh they figure everybody's trying to pull a scam on them or something. I don't know what their problem is. They just don't want to give a guy his rightful benefits. Uh, Ray Cobb is, is at a commission meeting up in Winchester, Tennessee tonight. He's hoping to get out early enough to call in. But He, he had, might be uh, here. Uh, he had, let me check. All right. Let me check here. Hello, is this Ray? Oh, this no, sir. This is just a a guy in the <laughs> okay. audience listening to the show. Okay, that's great. Thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna learn your number here for long. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Go ahead. Well, do, does yeah. this fellow have any questions, or would he like to make a remark? Yeah, no, sir, not questions. at this time. Okay. okay. Perhaps uh, later. I just want to gather all the information I can. Okay, I yeah, it's valuable. It. Yeah, Ray had uh, a ramp put on his house and had, a, a, I think, a rear deck where he could get his... Scooter in and out. Uh, 
VA was going to put uh, a lift out there where he could actually load the scooter and go up and go to the bathroom, go in the house, and, and they kind of reneged on that. I think they're in the middle of some discussion on that. Uh, but the contractor that did the work, uh, when he when he won the bid, he just started and didn't buy any permits. And oh. the building inspector came out and, and saw what they were doing and told Ray that, uh, you know, if he couldn't get a variance, he was going to have to tear it all back down because they built too close to the property line. Oh. Oh. Uh, Ray was yeah, under the impression that the contractor got all the proper permits, but that didn't happen. Well, doggone it, you can't be too careful. And uh, maybe the guy wasn't aware he should have knew, though. I mean, don't they have to be lying to Yeah, being a contractor, it's his business to know. Well, um, yes, sir. But Ray said he was on first on the agenda tonight, and he hoped to get it done and get out of there in time to uh, call on his mobile just as soon as he walks out the door. We'll see. Well, I hope he do, he fares well. Uh, Did uh, anybody today hear news on CNN that uh, Shulkin is subject to lose his job? Yes. That's been like, in the that news. shocked me. I hadn't hadn't uh, hadn't heard anything about that. Now I've heard uh, uh, they're looking at Rick Perry out of Texas, but to take Shelton's place, and I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I don't. Well, you know, I got to thinking. I'm I'm much much better off because of the Trump administration. I would not have gotten my R1 uh, when I did if it hadn't been for the hotline. In fact, just uh, last Friday, they sent me a letter and said my appeal had been uh, certified to the board. My problem was I wanted them to break out my aid and attendance and go ahead and award that and then send the rest of it to the board, which they finally did after I contacted the Trump hotline. But, if you know, when I get to thinking about it in my personal experience, the only reason I'm better off is because of the Trump administration and Mr. Trump's action on the hotline, not anything that, that Mr. Shulkin has done. Uh, can you think of anything uh, pro-veteran that, that where he's actually moved us along? I don't think well, this... Well, uh, they're, they're claiming a lot in the medical end of things, but not nothing in the uh, uh, appeal stage, uh, the claim, actual claims process. Uh, so I wasn't too hard on him. Uh, well, they did come up with the with the claims modernization and improvement act, but there's no I, I've seen no action to the normal uh, veteran like me. There's no difference, not yet anyway. Uh, but, but none that I've seen either. Uh, I've been looking at that, and you'd think that would turn into something. So far, it it's been talk, 
And as you know, talk's cheap. We've got to see action. And we need action right away. I believe Ray uh, might have made it. Ray, are you in there? I am here. How are you guys well, doing? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. Did you get How to keep you you, did you get to keep your deck? I do. I get to keep my deck and they gave permission for them to start building it tomorrow morning. Good deal. So well, uh, that's they, great. it flew it flew through. I had a a nice letter from my neighbor saying they had no objection. Uh, the lady pointed out that this deck was being built by the VA for because of my medical condition, and there was not a single member of the, I think there was six members of the panel, not a single one objected or even had a question. Oh, and good. So, Did you pass uh, out cigars? I started to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, i I got to say this. If everybody, if everything... For a veteran went as smooth as that did tonight. I mean, the meeting started at 6 o'clock. I got out of there at 10 minutes after, and it had already been read. The whole voucher had been read and approved. So, I mean, that's uh, that's as smooth and as, as expedient as I could even hope for. Uh, matter of fact, I walked out, and one of the, one of the uh, surveyors in the county, he said, I've never seen anything go that smooth and that quick here. So... Well, they are some yeah. good people out there. They are. <laughs> yeah, and and your neighbor was good to you too. That's great. Yeah. Well, being a being a veteran actually has some perks uh, that are that are not written. We just run up on the right people, uh, and, and they respect our service and give us a little break. Uh, when I get when when I get pulled over because my right foot got a little heavy on the gas pedal a couple of times, that's that saved me. I well, hear that. I did me going to Florida a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but your right foot didn't get a little heavy. It got way heavy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, yeah, I was doing almost ninety in a seventy, and I didn't realize I was going that fast. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, are you talking on cell phone driving and you got Pam driving? No, I am actually parked outside of the county courthouse in my parking lot for handicap. So uh-huh. I'm sitting here uh, just uh, thought I'd call in and uh, get to you as quick as I could and uh, join in on the conversation and kind of go from there. Well, you know, a hey, veteran called right? me and I was driving in Florida and... Uh, I picked up, I mean, in, in Hawaii, and I, w- I was, uh, I picked up the phone and answered it, and, man, blue lights come on beside me and behind me, and uh, I just stopped right where I was in the middle of the road. You know, they seemed kind of anxious, and they came running up to the windows, one to my window and one to the passenger window. She said, she asked my license. She said, Mr. Griffith, you know why I stopped you? I said, no, I have no idea. She said, you were on your cell phone. I said, well, I didn't know that was illegal. It's not illegal where I come from. Uh, she said, well, I can understand that, and I can take that as an answer. You didn't know. I said, well, I'm trying to get this guy to the hospital. We don't know where the hospital is. The police officer on the other side, on the passenger side, said, do you happen to have a cell phone? <laughs> 
we we got a big laugh out of that. Even the other police officer laughed. But anyway, he put uh, the the hospital in the GPS for me and and turned me loose. That was pretty good. He hadn't seen anything though. Uh, he he needed to catch Gerald riding down the road using his electric toilet paper dispenser. <laughs> By the way, Gerald, I got a question for you, Gerald. I was coming back from Florida yesterday, and I was a little south of Macon, Georgia. And I looked over to the right, and I have never seen so many motorhomes all at one location, and they were having some type of a conference or some type of a motorhome rally. And I was just wondering, did you by chance take that, that down there and try to sell it to somebody? Well, my, yeah, I, I told him it, it was cool, you know, just what they needed for Florida. I thought I'd start a new business. You know, they, they're on a timer. Uh, I don't know how they know to dispense when they dispense, but Gerald's kind of hard to hear it. And he was riding down the road the other day, and his was saying, make the next legal U-turn. You have waited too long. <laughs> yeah, I am hard then. Yeah, I wouldn't have known where it was if they did tell me. <laughs> I'd probably turn, if they say turn left, I would have went right or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Well, at that latest stage in the game, it doesn't make any difference, does it? <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> Just take a scoop, shovel, and shovel me off in the dead. Tell me why. Daryl says, don't make him laugh on the show, so I have to throw that little thing in there every once in a while. <laughs> oh, God, we get started, there'd be no end. <laughs> Uh, been working with the with the hospital here in Tennessee Valley Healthcare. Uh, I had problems with getting, getting my histogram paid for. End up paying out of my pocket, and I, I told the hist people if I had to do that, uh, I was going in for a heart ablation, heart heart uh, cath, same as. And when I Got out of ICU. I said, if I have to pay that, the first person I'm going to call is News Channel Five Investigates, uh, and I did that. So I got a, a, a letter from the director of the Nashville and Murfreesboro, Tennessee hospitals. Uh, said she was embarrassed that they had put me through that trouble. Uh, apologized. Real, real nice letter. Uh, and I responded back to her uh, in a letter, surface mail, and she invited me to uh, correspond. So I stopped by her office and asked for her email number, and you'd have thought I asked for the combination of the vault at Fort Knox, <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, those people were just shocked that I asked for her email. So I wrote her another letter, and I said I can – Email the President of the United States, and, and I can email the Secretary of Department of Veterans Affairs, all my congressmen and senators, but I can't email you. I said, there's no way you can be proactive uh, to any situation if you if you don't communicate. Uh, the only thing you can be is reactive, which is what she was in my case. 
So she emailed me and gave me her email address. We've been corresponding back and forth. And she said, I would like to meet the people in your United States Veterans Alliance. And this was on a Friday afternoon. Well, I emailed her and, and uh, I said, you're, you're in luck. We've, we're, we've got a, a banquet coming up Monday night where we're honoring our wives. We expect 90 people there. You're invited. And she showed up. Uh, I did tell the guys, you know, she was there to, to enjoy a meal with us, and, and this was not the time for complaints and, and whining. Uh, but but two guys did get through to her, and I can't blame them. I would have done the same thing given the situation. And one of them, they fixed his teeth. They made him some teeth, but they put one too many teeth end and and it wouldn't fit so they just sawed one the end one off <laughs> and the end one contained the wire that held the teeth in so one side was was tied down the other side was just loose in his mouth and they had told him 16 weeks to get it fixed well the director got it fixed in two days so uh, he was successful and I forget what the other complaint was but it was taken care of too uh, and then I got uh, a request to make an appointment with the director for aesthetics and see if we couldn't partner and fix some of these problems, uh, such as 98 days to get a, a pair of eyeglasses and three months to get a brace or a shoe. And I met with her yesterday, and if they're not just putting me on and playing me, they seem to be serious about fixing some of these things. So may have an opportunity there. And Ray can tell you, our prosthetics department is just pitiful. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, um, it's really lacking uh, professionalism. I don't really believe they care at all about helping the veterans. I really don't. And uh, I hate to say that, but um, I think they're just sitting back drawing a paycheck and do the least amount that they have to in order to hold their job. And I think that now that she's aware of that, uh, thanks to James yesterday, we hopefully will see some some changes in what should be just basic, routine, daily uh, projects that that particular group should be handling. You uh, know, that's that's just a matter of... of uh, uh, control, quality control. What in the world's wrong with these people? And then they have, uh, they don't want to accommodate a poor veteran and make him wait and wait and wait. Now, we, we all know they can move quicker than that. If they don't, yeah. they better get some help. Well, I think Ray is in a unique position that he's using medical centers in in two different visions now. He's he's using the one out of I think Tampa, Florida, and the, and then the Nashville together. So he's got two that he can compare, uh, and and the one in Nashville just don't seem to to be of the same quality. Yeah. Uh, well, let, yeah, let me give you a couple of examples here that just 
will actually just make you kind of stand on your head and scratch it and say, what's going on? I stopped by the first time to a local uh, vendor that handled the, the type of scooters that the VA gave. And what it was, my, my battery charger uh, had gone bad, and I just needed a battery charger. Well, I was willing, being in Florida, I thought I couldn't get one without going to Murfreesboro, so I was going to go ahead and just pay for one and get it taken care of. The lady, when she when I told her I was a vet, she said, oh, well, let me have your name and and uh, your last four of your social, and, and where is it that you your normal primary care is. So I gave her all that information. She says, I will give you a call in two or three hours and tell you what I found out. Well, she called me back in about an hour and a half. It wasn't even two hours. And she says, we have your battery charger ready to pick up, and the VA is paying for it. So I went down and yeah, I went down. I picked it up, and and everything was great. And a few weeks later, I'm down there, and in the home where we stay down there, it's uh, got a an area that goes back into the backyard, and it's it's got four inch risers going from one level of the carport up to the other, going into the back. So, I once again, I was willing to pay out of my pocket to buy some uh, ramps to go there, uh, some of these portable hard rubber ramps in order to go back into my backyard without having to go out and go through the grass and around. And so I go in to, to purchase those, and she did the same thing. She pulled my name up, and she said, oh, you're a veteran. Yes, ma'am. Well, let me uh, let me check on this for you, and I'll give you a call uh, later on today. Well, that afternoon right after lunch, uh, couldn't have been much more than 1.30, she called, and she says, we've got approved through the VA do you mind if our uh, tech comes out and measures those risers today? Well, no, not at all. So he came out that afternoon about 4 o'clock, measured them, said, we'll have them for you in two weeks. So I said, that sounds great. And so uh, about a week later, I mean a week to the day, he calls and says, we have the risers in. Can we come out and install them? Well, yeah. So they came right on out and installed them. Now, you know, if that hospital can do it, why can't others? You know, why can't can. other prosthetic, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that was something that had to be ordered. It wasn't anything they kept in stock. But the VA gave them permission to order it, gave them a purchase order number, and everything was done in one day, in just a few hours. So, uh, um, I don't huh. know. I, you know. That wouldn't well, happen here. We have, have a major, well. we have a major issue is the VA is not equal across the country, and I think that's a real shame it, because it should be equal. What's good in one VA should be good in another. Well, I talked to the prosthetics director, and she explained to me that the in in the financial crunch a few years back they lowered the the G positions for her staff. In other words, where uh the inventory guy used to be uh G five, now they only would pay for a G four. So she said there was a 
a lot of her employees found other jobs within the VA where they could step back up to those higher positions. Um, well, you can't blame them. Yeah, you, you know, she said she would have done the same thing, and she was powerless to stop it. Um, but she got trainees uh, to take their place, and she said, I thought these people were doing their job. They were reporting to me that they were doing their job, and I thought everything was good. But all at once, I started getting hit with all these complaints. You couldn't imagine the complaints. And she said, I got out from behind my desk and got out in the field and got to check it. And she said, I found out that we were over a 1,000 veterans behind for eyeglasses and shoes and braces and, and just histograms and all sorts of things, and we weren't supposed to be behind. And she said, it oh. took me forever after I, once I got on it uh, to get to get the numbers down to 300. And she said, today we're at 150. We should be at nobody. At the end of every business day, every veteran should be taken, taken care of. Uh, I agree, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's on top of it. She realizes that, that there is a problem now. Um, and it is just employee accountability. That's what it all comes down to, and all communication. Right. Yeah, it uh, at least she's woke up to the fact that she's got to do her job. And by golly, it sounds like she took took it to task and done her job. Well, she said it's kind of like uh, taking on first graders. She should. She said I shouldn't have to go that low in the training to these people. They should already know that. Uh, you know their their position in in civil service should say they're 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 a little bit more ambiguous than they actually are. But hopefully, like I say, some good will come of this. Uh, their lines of communication being established. Um, I I got high hopes. I'm being taken care of. But I'd like to see other veterans who are not so tenacious as I am not having to beg, not having to just give up. You know, we we old-timers and, and even the younger guys have put in so much in our military history and our disabilities and, and filing with the VA and fighting these claims. I think we've earned a little bit of of a period to to rest and 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 be served what we need to lick our wounds and and continue our lives. Well, that's right. Um, you know, it's always good to give back, uh, but sometimes you need to break yourself. <laughs> and and these uh, VA people working in the medical end of things, uh, prosthetics or or uh, whether it's pharmacies or or it don't matter where. Uh, they should, you know, you should look at them and say, I hope that guy, you know, that guy should be doing his job or that. But 
that individual should be doing their job. A poor veteran shouldn't have to go up to them, like you say, and, and beg and argue with them over trying to get something that they should have anyway. And we have too much of that. Well, there now, should be open lines know. of communication. Should be open yeah. lines of communication within each department, and every problem should be sent plumb on up to the director. Yeah, where they're at least aware that there was a problem. But what's what's happening, Gerald, is these lower employees within a department are not passing up the complaints. I they're think they're the, shortcutting them before they get to the director. I think that's the bottom line right there. The, uh, the complaint has been diluted before it gets to someone that can take care of it, and they don't, uh, uh, they're not kept in the loop. They, they don't know that it's a bunch of hooey they're being fed until too late, and then you end up with a couple thousand veterans out here in serious need. Shouldn't yeah, happen you that way. They, um, I had a, a brace that actually cracked, and it it was a, a not a plastic material. I, I forget what they what they call a carbon <clears throat> carbon fiber. And it broke, and it cut my leg. It left sharp edges. It was like it tore. Uh, and I asked for a new brace, and it rocked along about 30 days, and I can't walk without the brace. So I went to push my pants leg down in it, and it ripped my finger open. So I went up there that day and saw the patient advocate and showed her the brace and showed her the ripped finger. Um, and I went up to prosthetics and, and to check on my order, and they said it's going to be at least another 90 days. Uh I told him, I said, you know, you're fixing to restrict me to my scooter and my my chair. Uh, is there any way to put a rush on it? Well, no, Mr. Cripps, there's not. It takes that time. Well, I, I said something to the director about it yesterday, and she says, we have never told anybody that it's going to be 90 days to get a brace. I said, well, I beg your pardon. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Oh, mercy. Boy, you hate to hear them stories, James. And you know it goes on across the country. Somehow we've got to teach the younger generation of veterans. You have to be a little bit tenacious. You have to ask for what you want, and you have to complain if you can't get it. If there are no complainers, it never does get to the higher echelon. Well, the grease, uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's their job to pass it on up. If it's out of their control, they get, they got someone they can go to and say, look, uh, Mr. Cripps needs this brace fix. You know, he's in a bad way. we got to get this done. And exactly. Now, yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Well, let me give you a good example of what recently happened to me. I will ask, though, I guess it's been, uh, well, it was back in June. I went to get my new 
shoes for the year. And the gentleman says, oh, this, this strap on your brace needs to be replaced. He said, you need to notify prosthetics. I said, well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. He said, yeah, I know. He said, just sit here a minute. Well, he goes into the other room. He comes back. He has me a new strap fixed. Puts it on me. Works great. I leave and everything. Then I think it was in the middle of February, uh, I got a call from that group. says, we have an order here for you to come in and have a strap fixed. I said, you got an order? Yeah, prosthetic said you need a new strap. And I said, well, I said, I don't know what you're talking about exactly, but when I was there in June, uh, I said, the doctor went ahead and made a strap and put it on me. So she went and looked it up. She said, yeah, I see that. Well, I guess they finally got around to ordering it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So I right said, hand don't okay. know what I the said, left hand's doing. And I said, okay, whatever you want to do, if they've ordered it, you tell them you already delivered it, and you get paid for it. <laughs> and she said, well, okay, we haven't been paid for it yet. <laughs> I thought, How many, what happens if, they, if, if one of those people was supposed to get a paycheck in the middle of June and they didn't get it till February, do you think they'd be hollering and screaming and jumping up and down? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd heard them from over here in Missouri. You know, one of the issues uh, that I brought up with the prosthetics department director was the clothing allowance. Uh, And she said yes. She just took over the conversation. She said yes. She said they were something like three months late this year, and they have a deadline by law. And she said, I don't understand how they got so far behind, but they sure didn't let me know they were running that far behind. And she said, I found it out by accident. Now, this is the director uh, of prosthetics that processes the clothing allowances. She Hmm. said, I was outraged to find they were running that late, and I will guarantee you that'll never happen again. Well, how do you run three months later in your department and you not know about it if you're the department head? Well, someone obviously lied to her. That took took a lot of complaints to get her out from behind her desk to go investigate that. Uh, I knew knew clothing allowance was running late, so did everybody else except her. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's waking up finally. If she's going to keep well, the job, she's been a she's VA employee. She's been a VA executive employee for forty years. If she hadn't learned now, um, I think she wouldn't she wear that situation. Well, <laughs> yeah. she would know. She would know the job. I mean, the scheme. But uh, why would she have to be browbeaten brow to? Get her out from behind that desk, mate. You know, if, if I can see that. <laughs> well, having worked for VA, I can see that. She uh, got too comfortable, I'm, I'm afraid. But now she's waking up, and those people's got their eye on her. Things may change. Uh, she said, as a result of my complaint and uh, my experience that they're having to report weekly 
and even daily on their accomplishments. Well, uh, that's good. And where they're at on every case. <laughs> and that's to do with automobile grants, prosthetics and sensory aids, hearing aids, uh, braces, canes, shoes, scooters, wheelchairs. Uh, each one has an assignment, and they have to inform her at the end of every day and she said she expects 26 cases to be wrapped up every day by each one of her employees. Oh. That's her that's her standard. If they can't wrap up 26 uh cases every day, then you know they're not maintaining uh they're not earning their keep. Well, she put she put a quote on them then. Yeah, yeah. Cold care pay. It's a it's job standard. They've got uh, they've got a list they got to go by, and she puts it in there, and it's in their you know they put in their job description everything how many they got to do a day. And if they do, they they can do that. And if they don't keep it up, they they'll rate them poorly, and that affects uh, basically it affects a lot of things. But the biggest thing it affects is their bonuses. You get a poor rate, and you're not getting uh, no bonus. Well, I, uh, that bonus thing's another another issue. Don't get me started. There ain't enough time oh. left in this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bonus! Yeah, I tell you what, that's that's horrible. That bonus. Uh, that's the reason that that's uh, the root of all evil. Long delays. It is really the root of all evil. You know, she can make a cheat. She can make a cheat sheet and go down and check it every day, and she find one she ain't got the the information on. She she can go find out what's going on with it. See, and she should have you know, been doing that all along. You know, a poor veteran cruising around in his wheelchair, uh, using his electric toilet paper roller every once in a while. <laughs> He should get a bonus once a year. Boy, you know, where's our bonus? I don't know. Help. I ain't, I ain't hey. never got a direct deposit that said bonus. And I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't know. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Calling the news and sick of the news after them. I don't know. I <laughs> Well, I've been good as far as anybody knows. Yeah, uh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, I'll modify that just a little the bit. That, <laughs> okay, I'll accept now, that one. I'll accept that one. The way they look at My caretaker probably will disagree. Yes, she would. Or go somewhere and back up and you will t- Oh, you're really good at that thing about that time you run across certain tracks. <laughs> yeah, I took mine to seeing pigs them, and I think I took out about half of their doorway. <laughs> they, there was four of them had to pick up the back of my scooter and scoot it over. Careful, they give you a DUI. That was detrimental to my case. It proved that I wasn't an experienced driver of the two. <laughs> 
Yeah, you really don't have to handle that time crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's all of a part of a day. <laughs> yeah. Of course, now, you know the politicians think that we're drawing entitlements to Social Security and VA, don't you? Yeah. Well, we, we are. We get everything but a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I ain't got no bonus. No, I ain't got no bonus. You know, speaking of clothing allowances, you're allowed one clothing allowance for each prosthetic device or skin disease. So, I've been getting two clothing allowances, one for skin disease medication and one for a right leg AFO. Now I've been issued the left leg AFO, and they're steel. They're not uh, plastic or, or any kind of Velcro stuff. They're, they're steel and aluminum. So... I'm thinking that now I should get a clothing allowance for each brace. That's two. And one more for the medication for my skin disease. And then a wheelchair in itself is another one. So I'm thinking my entitlement this year is going to be four clothing allowances. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, and I'm going to fight for it. Well... That's good. That's uh, good. Ray, Ray and I have sat down and just hearing aids. Hearing aids. Why couldn't you get well, it they might, hearing aids? You might hear something that would tear your heart out, but it ain't going to tear your clothes up. Well, it might tear your hat up. Well, yeah. Uh, Ray and I have studied the clothing allowance pretty good, and and. There, there, there's a handbook on clothing allowances, uh, and according to the clothing, to the handbook, that's the way it is and the way it should be. Now I haven't applied for four yet. I expect some resistance, but I'll use that handbook to prove my point. Well, well and that's a, that's a good thing, James. What you're saying there, because last year when I applied for my second loss of use and my second brace. They said, well, we're already paying you enough for a pair of pants. Well, the the handbook states that you're allowed a second one for the second brace if it causes you to wear your pants out faster. So that's the way. And once I pointed that out to them, uh, they finally sent me the second allowance. But when I got my first clothing allowance, it did not include both braces. It was only one. And it was only when I complained about it and pointed it out to them in the handbook that about two weeks later I received the the, the second uh, the second check for the for the additional brace. Yeah, they don't really know. Again, we have to educate them. Well, I don't know uh, if you educate them or you just you put it right there in front of it and they can't deny it. <laughs> Yeah, you got to rub their noses in the Code of Federal Regulations yeah. or the handbook or whatever we're dealing with. Yep. Um, I think that's the bottom line. You know, I had my ILP agent, they're dragging their feet on my recliner. Uh, 
I'm sitting in my straight back chair now with my feet up on an actual Coke crate. Um, they've been denying me 13 months on my recliner. Uh, and my, my agent actually asked me, Mr. Cripps, don't you get a clothing allowance? What do you do with that? Well, I just, I was sitting <laughs> on my scooter. I just reached down. I said, do you, ma'am, do you notice this is a brand new pair of jeans? She said, I do. And I reached down and I unzipped my zipper on my right inseam uh, and it unzips up to my knee. And I said, I spend my, my clothing allowance on, on modifications for my clothes just like this so I can get to my brace to loosen it during the day as my leg swells. Uh, she liked to fell out of her chair. But, you know, that's, that's costly. I paid $20 per leg plus the zipper to, yeah. to get my pants done like that. Uh, and, you know, as, as they tear it, that don't keep them from, from ripping. Uh, you hit that brace just right on something, it'll it'll stamp a hole in, in, your, in your britches. But they don't realize what evidently what a, a wardrobe costs every once in a while. The medication, the benzoyl peroxide that I use on the back, it actually eats the collars out of my shirts. Uh, it'll detach the collar where it, where, where it, where it's attached to the shirt. Eats the, it eats the uh, the finish off of my furniture. Yeah, I uh, bet it would. Yeah, it does. It actually separates the the imitation leather from the substrate. Well, James, while you're doing all them zippers, why don't you just have them put a zipper in the seat of your pants so you can tell them when you get in a hurry and quicker? Well, I'm not at that stage yet, Gerald. <laughs> well, you got to look towards the future. Yeah, <laughs> you, you do. Uh, <laughs> You, I think you're just a, a few years superior to me. You might educate me on it. Well, I guess you are educating me on these future needs. <laughs> you know, anybody's got a dash-mounted toilet paper roller, he's been through the mill, or he's fixing to, anyway. you got to be ready for anything. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just wonder, how does that timer know that it's time, Gerald? Well, I'm on a schedule. Oh, okay, okay. I ain't never been able. I'm, I ain't never been able to get on a schedule. <laughs> Not that close. I would have toilet paper rolled up all in my floor. The you know, the roll would be empty. Well, I, I don't all always make. I don't always make a schedule and get a real mess. <laughs> and that's that's I'm when you that's when it tells you to make a legal turn, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if the VA buy me a pair of boots. It's getting pretty deep in the show. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and if you could synchronize those boots with Gerald's toilet paper roller timer. (laughs) It's a high, this is a high tech show, I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah. I heard it. Paper machine that you have to live in Flushing, New York. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some entrepreneur is going to hear this show and they're going to.
that contraption. <laughs> and the VA will buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, the VA will want to steal my patent. <laughs> you know, when you're making that next illegal U-turn, if you got pulled over, how would you explain that to the police officer? You'd just have to show him, I guess. <laughs> I'd say, can you believe this shit? (laughs) (laughs) I I quit. (laughs) Now you're hurting me, Gerald. (laughs) Gerald said, don't make me laugh. I ain't laughed so hard and I ain't hurt so bad since I got out of the hospital. (laughs) That's hard on you. (laughs) <laughs> now to compensate me for pain and misery. <laughs> That's called special months of compensation. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. Uh. Ray, we're learning something here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Matter of fact, next time you talk to that director, why don't you ask her about it and see if she can't get something like that as general issue. You know, I would ask her how old he is, but I don't want to know what's coming. You know? oh, I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> how old you are? Yeah. Oh. I look at my... Oh. my ID card, but I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> I lost mine. <laughs> I missed it yesterday. I must have left it on one of those machines. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you guys, me. but my, I've got tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the VA sweats me for once a month and once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Which you for what? Oh. Yeah, now I need a breather. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to make it. You'll wake up tonight at midnight laughing, Gerald. Yeah, I will. <laughs> if I live that long. <laughs> oh. Boy, you're going to have to really have a good disclaimer at the end of this show, boys. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> I hope John pushes the right button. <laughs> If I can see it, Gerald. <laughs> I just hit the one in the middle. <laughs> we'll have frame this show. <clears throat> yeah, this show. I don't know what started all this anyway. <laughs> I don't either. I hey, had you something to do with you. Together. Your brain. Your brain started when you brought up that, that comment about special adaptive equipment. <laughs> well, that, 
you know, that's what it is, special adaptive yeah. equipment. Yeah. Uh, party automobile grant. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. How are you gonna how are you gonna go anywhere if you gotta go, you know. Yeah, that's right. You gotta, you gotta be prepared to take it hey, with you. Five gallon bucket. That's a truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask the truck driver, they help you, they'll tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're out of time. <laughs> we should be. <laughs> well, James, I appreciate you and Ray coming along. I hope we can get another show going here pretty soon. Gerald, we done put you out of breath. <laughs> I think you have. Yeah. <laughs> so, my ribs hurt. My bucket's about full. <laughs> <laughs> and the dispenser's well, running. <laughs> yeah. Don't kick it. All the paper's running out. <laughs> Oh. Well, folks, this has been a really interesting show we did today. Yeah. We're completely out of time. I want to thank James and Ray for both coming on every time they come on. We have a good time and get a lot of information out there and uh, hopefully give you people some idea of the. Uh, you know, how to navigate the VA system because, you know, if you don't do this by yourself, you're going to need help. And, uh, veterans groups like the one James and Ray run, they do a lot of hands-on stuff. And uh, if you're in that area, you need to look these boys up and uh, sign up with them because they do a tremendous job helping veterans, especially down in Tennessee. And... Uh, you know, it's, that, it's worth it though. Is, you know, I, I kind of look at it every time I assist a veteran that has been denied or doesn't know what to do or isn't getting the proper help from VA, and we get him on the right track and he, he wins his case and and he starts and increases his income a little bit with his compensation. You know, it's worth every bit of it. It's worth every bit of time and effort you go through. I, I feel like I, I, you know, you're in a battle. And you won, you know. And I don't know if we'll ever win the war, but at least we could pick our battles and win win certain battles and and get some help to some veterans. And as long as we can continue to do that, it's worth every minute of the time that we spend doing it. It really is. Well, you're right. We want to help every veteran we can. And we'll just keep on keeping on. Yep. Oh, we are out of time. We're out completely now. Well, this will be Gerald Cook with James Cripps and Ray Cobb and our co-host Jay Basser will be signing off for now. Now I'm going to go hunt my red belt. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all later. Okay, bye.
You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.